Hello, and welcome to the City Grace Podcast. We're so happy you've decided to join us today as we learn how amazing it is to follow Jesus. Enjoy the message. Amen. It is a joy to be here this morning in this place. Praise God. I like walking into a place that is uh, under uh, construction, that is being remodeled. Because it just reminds me of that's what should be on our lives. Just a little sign that says under construction. Amen. Hallelujah. Anytime you get around me, you probably should wear a hard hat. Amen. Because I'm under construction. Is there anybody under construction in this place? Hallelujah. Tell your neighbors, say, I'm under construction. My God, that's a, that's a preaching all by itself. Hallelujah. Amen. That is, that's a preaching all by itself. It is a joy to be here. I honor, I honor your pastor and his precious family. Amen. It is always good to be with them and fellowship with them. And it is a joy also to uh, see Bishop and be with Bishop. Amen. God bless Bishop and the vision that God has placed and, uh, and to see the continuation of what God is doing in this place. Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good? Amen. I, I want to invite you to stand and we're going to go to the reading of the word. Ecclesiastics chapter 7 and verse 29. Ecclesiastics chapter 7. In reading verse 29, and the word of the Lord said, truly this only have I found, that God made man upright. In other words, God made man good, but they have sought out many schemes. Hmm. God made man good, but man messed it up. Amen. Man, it got quiet. It, just, it didn't even, there wasn't even, you could have heard a pin drop right there. In other words, it's not God's fault. It's my fault. We have a tendency of blaming the devil for everything or la suegra. Amen. Either the devil or the suegra. Amen. Or, you know, the dog ate my homework. Amen. We have a tendency of blaming everybody else and just pointing fingers. But in reality, God made man upright, but man sought out the wrong things. Man looked for the wrong things. I want to I wanna preach, treach, teach, teach, preach, treach. Amen. That's a mixture of preaching and teaching. It's a treaching. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I want to I speak. Amen. Treat, speak, whatever. However it comes out. Amen. About distortion of destiny. The distortion of destiny. Hallelujah. And, and I know we talk about destiny and everything like that. And some folks are even confused. My God, what is, what is my destiny? I want to talk to you about the distortion of destiny. In Jesus' name, 
And I hope to have you out here before the Baptists get out and beat you to the restaurant. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> I, was, I was in one church where, where a brother said to me, he said, he said, he said uh, now evangelists, you got to preach fast. Because if we don't beat the Baptists, they will beat us to the pecan pie. Amen. It was a southern town. Amen. And they were, they were concerned about getting a slice of the pecan pie. And so I didn't know what their pecan pie was like, so I preached fast. Amen. And, uh, and so we got there, and the restaurant was still half empty. And he said, he came to me, and, and, and he, brought, he brought one of the pecan pies. He said, we beat them today. He said, there's some pecan pie left. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you because you are awesome. You are powerful. You are mighty God. You're a God that knows the end from the beginning. You know every heart. You know every mind, every spirit that's in this place. I pray, God, in this moment that our hearts will be open and our minds will be open to be able to receive your word. Uh, allow us to flow in the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Father, I pray right now, put the devil in his place. And let your name be glorified in this house. In Jesus' name, amen. Now clap your hands to the Lord and give God the praise in the house. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of Almighty God. There always exists the question of uh, who am I or who are you? If anything, anytime anybody asks you the question, who are you or what do you do, we tend to answer that question with three different answers or three different categories. Number one is, I am what I do. Amen. So therefore, we immediately put our identification on what we do. I am a doctor, a lawyer, a, uh, a construction worker, um, what have you, a teacher. I am what I do. And so we place our full identity on what we do. The problem with that is, according to a study, most people will only do a certain thing in their life for about five years. And then they will change direction. So that means that in that moment, their identity also changed. Because they changed what they did. Your identity is not in what you do. Amen. That is what you do, but that's not who you are. Hallelujah. The second way that we will answer this is I am what I have. Praise God. And see, that's where people will lay a lot of their identity is in the things they have. Amen. That's why you'll have a person that their whole thing is to be able to have a Louis. Amen. I have to have a Louis, a Louis Vuitton, because their identity is placed in a brand, in a name brand. You have to have a certain car. You have to have a certain square footage of house or, or, or you have to have name brand stuff 
because that is where you place your identity. Hallelujah. The, the problem with this is the moment you lose it all. Hallelujah. The moment you lose it all. See, when we went through the, uh, the crises, when we went through the, uh, the bursting of the bubble in the United States a few years ago, there were several men, when the market began to crash, there are several people that ended up committing suicide because they lost everything that they had. And in that process, they lost their identity because they placed their full identity in what they had. Hallelujah. I want to make something very clear this morning, and that is it is not the, the brand that makes the man. It's the man that makes the brand. Hallelujah. It's not the, the, the brand that makes the woman. It's the woman that makes the brand. And if you know who you are and what you are in Christ, it don't matter if you are wearing a Walmart bag, you will strut it like it's a Louis Vuitton. Hallelujah. Praise God. Because you know who you are. Amen. The, the crazy thing about placing your identity in what you have, uh, Job experienced that. Amen. The Lord giveth and the Lord what? Takes it away. But then he says, blessed be the name of the Lord. Because he realized even though I had riches and now everything is taken away, God is still God and he is on his throne. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The third way that we answer this question is by saying, I am what people say that I am. I am what people say that I am. And I believe that we are more stuck in this category in our lives now in days than ever before because of the feeding of social media. Everybody is a legend in their own mind. Hallelujah. Everybody is a superstar on social media. You feel that little fame situation. In fact, you know you're addicted to it when you post something and three minutes later, you're trying to see if somebody gave you a like. Amen. If somebody gave you a thumbs up. And so why? Because we place our value, our identity on what people say about us hallelujah the problem with living in a life like that your life will always be like a roller coaster you'll be going up you'll be going down somebody likes you today they hate you tomorrow I've come to realize that if I place my full value and identity on what people say about me I am going to live a life of mixture of confusion because I've got some haters and I've got some lovers. Hallelujah. I've got people that praise and clap for me and I've got people that wish that they could kill me. Amen. And so if I place my identity in what they say, then I'll live my life up and down. See, these are three different 
forms of being able to answer the question of who am I? But in reality, they are distorted and they are not true. They are not true. Because the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Hallelujah. I am not what I have. I am not, I am not what I do. And I am not what people say that I am. I am what I process in my mind. I am what I think. Hallelujah. Amen. I am what my mind. See, God has a plan for every individual in this place. And we recognize it and call it as destiny. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 5. Having predestined uh, us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasures of his will. Amen. Now you got to understand something. You cannot confuse God's predetermined plan with the doctrine of predestination. Hallelujah. God has a predetermined plan, but then there is the confusion of predestination. In other words, you can live however you want to live, and if God already predetermined, uh, predestined for you to go to heaven, you're going to go to heaven. Whether you live however you want to live, you, you're going to go to heaven because already God, and, and, and so people will live however they want to live. It got quiet. Live however they want to live because they're, well, it, it, I'm going to get to heaven anyways. No, baby, that's not how it works. Hey, man, that's not how it works because it's the opposite effect if that was the way it works. Because then you can live as holy and as, and as right as you can. But if it was already predestination for you to go to hell, you're going to hell. Amen. I want you to understand something. There is a heaven and there is a hell. Can I get an amen on that? Praise God. Hallelujah. You cannot just think, well, God already wants, God already placed me here, so it doesn't matter what I do in life right now. Hallelujah. There is a predetermined plan that God has established for every person born, and that is to be saved. That is God's plan for our lives. That is God's will for our lives, that we be saved. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It is God's will for all mankind to come to repentance. I need a witness right there. Hallelujah. A little bit more monitor, please. Amen. It is God's will. God has provided salvation for us. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 3, Then Peter said unto them, Repent. 
and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. God has a perfect and divine plan for every man and woman in this place. You were not created to be a void here on earth. Oh God. You're not created to be a bump on the log. You're not created without a plan for your life. It is God's good will and pleasure that you be saved. Somebody give God praise right now. Hallelujah. See, see, God, God is a God of destiny and purpose. Everything about God's dealing with mankind is connected with his divine purpose. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heavens. Verse 17, I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time there for every purpose and for every work. In other words, there is a time of grace, but there is also a time of judgment. Praise God. That's good all by itself. That's a tweet and a half. Hallelujah. See, you, you, you got to understand this. You came or you are coming into the kingdom of God at the right time. At the right time, even with everything you have gone through in your life, all your junk, your battles, your sins, everything you have committed, all your mess-ups, goof-ups, and mistakes in your life, when you come into the kingdom of God, when you come into the plan of God, you're coming at the right time. Glory to God. Nobody in this place is off time. You're on God's time. Glory to God. I want you to get this. Even with your junk and your messes, God will make good come out of it. Some folks are paralyzed in their life because they see the trail of sin that follows behind them. They see the trail of mess-ups. They see the trail of goof-ups. But when God brings you into his kingdom, when God brings you into his plan, it don't matter what the trail looks like because God's got a new destiny and a new plan for your life. Somebody ought to give God praise in the house. Clap your hands to the Lord. Glory to God. Is it all right if I preach this this morning? Romans chapter 8 verse 28. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that Love God to them who are called according to his purpose for whom he did foreknow he also did predestine 
to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the that we that he might be the firstborn amongst many brethren moreover whom he had predestined them he also called and whom he has called them he also justified and whom he has justified them he also glorified Hallelujah. If you get off the boat of grace and mercy, repentance causes you to get back on the boat. God, that's good all by itself. I said repentance causes for that boat to come floating back around again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you grew up in church and you messed up. Baby, there is hope in the house today. There is salvation in the house today. There is grace and mercy in the house today. Somebody ought to give God praise in the house. Glory to God. But beyond God's plan of salvation, God has a plan for every individual, and it's what we call destiny. It is a tremendous disappointment to the heart of God that there are so many who will never fulfill their destiny. Never fulfill their destiny. We will never find our individual destiny until we have fulfilled or or, or fully embraced the salvation of God in our life. Hallelujah. You got to embrace that salvation. Unless we act upon the word of God and seek to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, following after him daily through obedience and faithfulness, God will not reveal more to us if we have not been obedient to what he has already revealed. That's good all by itself. See, we want to, we want to graduate from college when we still haven't gotten our high school diploma. I'm one of those weird cases. Weird cases. Just pray for me. Hallelujah. I'm dyslexic. I've got severe dyslexia. I see things backwards. If I, if I give you a phone number, you need to ask me at least two or three times. Because every time, it will probably come out wrong. And I just have to show you the number better. Because I read things so backwards. Everything's backwards. Words are backwards. That's why sometimes when I go to read, I will stumble because I am dealing with the transition in my mind. Nobody's ever taught me how to do it. Nobody's ever taught me how to deal with it. It's just been something that I've been able to adapt in in, in my life. But as I was growing up, when I was in the first grade, my teachers thought that I was retarded because I could not capture anything that they were teaching me. I could not read. I could not put things together. And it is so frustrating to feel that people think you're retarded when you know you got a brilliant mind. (laughs) Glory to God. Amen. 
And so, and so watch this. I'm probably the only person in this room that has ever flunked first grade twice. I flunked first grade twice. Twice. Even the AC reacted to it. <laughs> Hallelujah. The AC was like, my God, this guy flunked twice first grade. I've heard people flunk in 10th grade or whatever. I was the biggest kid in my class. I look like Elf, amen, with all the little Elfs, amen. I was the dude with it. My knees were up on the desk and everything. I was the biggest dude in my class. And I remember the time that I flunked, the second time that I flunked first grade, the second time, I walked up to my teacher. Watch this. Her name was Miss Scumbuddy. Yeah. <laughs> that was my life story right there. Hallelujah. And so I walked up to her and I said to her, I said, I, I said, I said, Miss Scumbuddy, why do you hate me? The moment she flunked me again, I said, why do you hate me? She said, what do you mean? I said, you flunked me again. I said, why do you hate me? She said, Mark, I love you. You are actually my pet in the class. You're my student. You're, you're the one that I love the most in the class. She said, but you cannot go to second grade until you learn everything in first grade. And that is what changed my life in that moment because I determined at that young age, okay, if I've got to learn what I've got to learn in this stage of life in order to go to another level, then I want to master it right now so that I can go beyond. Oh, God. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. God will not reveal more to us if we are not willing to obey what he's already revealed to us. Glory to God. Jonah, Jonah would have died in the fish's belly if he would have never repented before God, if he would have never called out before God. But Jonah, out of disobedience, ended up, ended up in, in the middle of the ocean, in the, in the belly of a fish. And even like that, was there for three days. Así de terco estaba el muchacho. That's how stubborn he was. For three days, he was in the, in the fish's belly. I've got a question for you, baby. How long can you live in the fish's belly? Because there are folks in this place, and I feel this in my spirit. There are folks in this place that God has been after you. God has been dealing with you. God has been reaching to you. But you've been running from the presence of God. I know you're in church today, but you're still running from the presence of God. For some reason, you feel like just by coming, you've already fulfilled. No, no, it's beyond that. It's a commitment that you've got a place before the presence of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. And because you've been running from the presence of God, your family is suffering. Your kids are suffering. Your marriage is suffering. Your finances is suffering. Because God will never obligate you to make a decision, but he will make your life miserable. 
He will never force you to make a decision, but he will make your life miserable until you make a decision. That, ooh, Lord, have mercy. I'm going to throw you for a loop this morning. I'm going to throw you for a loop. Your destiny is not up to God. Your destiny is not up to God, nor is it up to the devil. God has already a, a determined plan and a desire for your life. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. In other words, he says, I've got your life mapped out. And, and, and there's an expected end. It's a, it's a beautiful end. But it's up to you. You choose what direction you go in. Last year, I think it was last year or the year before, uh, uh, on vacation, we rented a, a pontoon uh, boat. We were on a, a lake, and uh, the pontoon boat had a lounge chair on it, and it was just my family, and, and we were out on this boat, and we rented it for, for about five, six hours. We were out on this boat, and my daughter... Uh, she was 13 at the time. She's 15 now, going on 21. Amen. Anybody feel my pain? Hallelujah. Praise God. And so um, she, she said to me, she looks around and she says, she says, Papa, is it okay if I tan? I look around. The lake was empty. It was just my family and I. I said, sure, girl, go ahead. I said, but put some, put some sunscreen, put some sunblock on. I said, if not, you're going to get burned. And she looks at me and she says, no, Papa, I don't burn. I tan. And I said, I said, I said, girl, we don't tan. We burn. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Now, 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 don't get confused. I'm a reverse coconut. Hallelujah. Because I, I grew up in Latin America, so Spanish was actually my first language, but I'm Canadian. Both my mom and dad are Canadian. Amen. And so I'm a reverse coconut. I'm white on the outside, but I'm brown on the inside. Amen. I'm white on the outside, but I'm Latino on the inside. Amen. And so, but one thing I've noticed about my coconut effect, that white skin burns. I mean, it burns. It, it doesn't, it, it burns. And so I told my, my girl, I said, I said, girl, we don't tan, we burn. She said, no, Papa, I tan. Well, I, I don't know what happened. It, it, maybe y'all have figured it out, but something about my kids, when they woke up one day, it didn't matter what I've learned in my 40-some years of life, they know more. Amen. They know better than me. Hallelujah. Any parent know what I'm talking about? It's like, it's like I've never lived life because they know it. Amen. 
So now, just to solve all my problems, I just go and ask them directly. Amen. Because they know the solution to every problem. Amen. And so, and so my, my, my girl says, I, I tan. And I'm like, okay. After about 30 minutes, I said, I said, I said girl, you need to put some lotion on right now. And she says, Papa, I tan. I said, okay. An hour went by, and I said, girl, you, you need to, seriously, you need to get some lotion on. She said, Papa, and she got frustrated right there. Papa, I tan. I said, all right. An hour, two hours, three hours, four hours went by. And we went on the shore side, and I looked at her, and I'm thinking in my brain, my God of mercy, I've seen lobsters that look Hey man, you look, you look, you look redder than a lobster. And so I say, how are you doing? And she's like, she's like, I, I'm good. I'm good. Because as long as you're in the sun, you don't feel the effect of the sun. And as long as you're in sin, you don't feel the effect of sin. Oh, that's a preaching all by itself. And that's one reason some folks, your, your eyes have not been opened up yet because you don't see the effect that the sin has caused on your family because you're still living in that. But when you come out of that, you realize, oh my God, I don't know what was happening. I don't know what I was thinking about. Praise God. I pray God bring revelation to folks this morning. In the name of Jesus. So my daughter was like, no, Papa, I'm good. I'm good. And she's patting on herself. And she's saying, I'm good. I'm good. I'm like, okay. So we get in the car and the AC kicks on. And after a little bit, I start hearing. Uh, and I said, you okay? She said, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. After a bit. Uh, and I look at my rearview mirror and I start seeing tears coming down her face. I said, girl, are you okay? She said, Papa, I hurt all over. And, and, and right then I wanted to do what every parent loves to do. What every parent just waits for that special almost like God heavenly moment of being able to say I told you so anybody know what I'm talking about does it doesn't that feel just powerful to be able to tell your all-knowing teenager this old guy told you so and then the trumpets start to sound and and the, tr the drums begin to beat amen but when I was about to say I told you so the Lord said shut up now I've come to realize when God tells me to shut up I better shut up so I shut my mouth, and my daughter just started to cry. She said, Papa, I hurt. I hurt. I just, I, I, all of a sudden, something started rising up inside of me because there is no parent that loves to see their child in pain. Amen. And so in that moment, I, 
I stopped at a CVS. And I walked in that CVS. I tell you, when I want to command authority, I command it. I know how to command it. Amen. I walked in that CVS, CVS, and, and there was people in there, but I said all out loud, I said, I need help up in here. My God of mercy, I had three employees come running to, what, what, what do you need? I said, my daughter is burned and she needs something to take the pain away and soothe it all. I walked out with like 12 different stuff to be able to soothe the pain and the Holy Ghost spoke to me. He said, the reason why you told her to put the lotion on is because you knew what the result was going to be. He said, that is why my plan is set for mankind. He said, I have an expected end. I have a plan for my people to be able to follow, but I know that they will make their own decisions. And through their decisions, they will hurt their lives. They will affect their marriages. They will affect their kids. But he said, I'm a good father. Even though they've messed up, I still have the soothing power to be able to soothe the pain of their life. Oh God, somebody ought to give a shout unto God. I want to tell you this morning, maybe you got off the course of life, the plan of God for your life. This morning, you can step back into it and say, God, I want to get right with you again. Oh, Lord, I wish I had somebody. I said, I wish I had somebody. I want to get right with you again. Hallelujah. I got off the course, but I need to get back on. Where are you today? Where is your life right now? Did you get off the course, the plan, the perfect plan that God has for your life? Did you get off that plan? Now you're living life like a crazy person. Come to church just to soothe your mind, but then go back to living the way you've lived. You can fool me, you can fool anybody else, but there's a God in heaven. He sees everything. And if you got off the course of life, you've come to the right place. Let me tell you something. As long as you're still breathing, there is hope for you. There's hope for you. Repentance causes for the, whole, the boat of grace to come back around and mercy to come back around. I remember not too, well, it was long ago because my son was five and my daughter was three. So it was a long time ago. Amen. I say the other day, and it could be 10 years from now. Amen. I got my kids some chalk. And I told them, I said, I want you to only draw on the driveway. I said, but don't stain the walls. I should have said, draw on the walls. 
but don't stain the driveway. Because it was like the opposite of what I said. I was going to have some uh, important guests coming to our house. And, and, uh, and so I didn't want for the walls to demonstrate that we lived in a gangster area. Hallelujah. <laughs> Graffiti on the walls. Amen. And so, and so when I came back home, it was, it was all of a sudden my, I, I saw my kids' artwork. There was nothing on the ground. It was all on the walls. And I mean, they had big old flowers drawn out and, and stick people with big smiles on it. And, and when I show up, my kids are standing one on one side of the other of the driveway and they're like, ta-da. And I'm looking at that, and I'm fuming up. I've got every draw spirit in me was wanting to come out in that moment. And I was like, uh, and, and, and all of a sudden, in my mind, don't kill, don't kill their artistic side. I'm like, I feel like killing it right now. Amen. That way they don't pop up again. And so that, ta-da. And I'm like, and so I get out of the car. The kids are like, look, Papa. And I looked at it, and I said, I said, kids, I said, you, you, you did amazing. Look at the work. Look how beautiful the flowers are. I said, this is great. I said, but kids, I told you not to draw on the wall, but on the concrete. And in that moment, watch this. My daughter, my daughter was three years old. And she just, she realized in that moment what she had done at three years old. And she said, uh, uh, Papa, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My heart literally in that moment broke. She started crying. And I said to her, I said, I said, girl, I, I forgive you. I forgive you, my boy. He's like, oh, Papa, sorry. They both repented. See, repentance is asking God to forgive you. Is recognizing that you've done wrong in your life. And you ask God to forgive you. But here's where baptism comes in. The walls were still stained. And so I said to them, I said, I said, kids, grab the hose. Let's get, let's get some soap. Let's do something. I said, we're going to wash this down. That's where baptism comes in. And we started grabbing, we started, we started scraping the walls down, hallelujah, washing the walls. And there are people that they will walk around with repentance in their life, but they're still stained with sin on their life. Still got the stains of sin. Still got the evidence of the sin in their life. Hallelujah. I want you to know something. There's power in the name of Jesus to take every stain of sin out of your life. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord and give God the praise in this house. Hallelujah. What is it? What is it? What is it that God is doing this morning? He's reaching to somebody in this place. 
you got off the course of life your your destination got distorted but God wants to bring clarity to you today it's time to get back on the boat and get back in the plan of God if you got off the plan get back in it if you never got in it today is your day to get in the plan of God today is the day of salvation not tomorrow not next day today is the day of salvation oh glory to God somebody clap your hands to the Lord I want you to stand all over this place right now close your eyes lift your hands father I, I feel that your spirit has been reaching today there are people in this place that they need your power. They need your presence. They need your guidance in their life, Lord. They have walked away from your plan but need to come back in your plan. And there are some folks, Lord, that have never even gotten in to the plan, the salvation of God for their life. I pray right now, God, by the power of the name of Jesus, that you will bring salvation into this house, that you will reach somebody that somebody will be able to God give their life to you that they will repent of their sins and find salvation in you today God I pray God by the power of the name of Jesus that somebody's soul will be filled with your presence in Jesus name in Jesus name somebody give God praise right now I said, somebody give God praise right now. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I want you to hear me this morning. I want you to hear me this morning. The Lord has been reaching people in this place. He's been tugging at your heart, tugging at your spirit. There are things that probably even made you feel uncomfortable today. That's called conviction. You're in this place right now. And you know that you've been, you've been on your own course. You've been on your own distorted walk of life. But God is with open arms in this place right now. And he's calling to you. And he's saying, I'm the God that can change you. Maybe you've, you've come here and you're burnt with sin in your life. And you're burnt. And there's a part of you that says, I don't want to live like this anymore. I just don't want to live like this. I'm tired of this. It, I feel empty every time. I'm going to be real right now. I'm going to be so, I'm going to be direct right now. There are some of you that you've been a member of the church, but you've been living in sin right now in your life. And you come into church and there's conviction on your heart right now. There's conviction on your heart. Because you know where you're at. And you know where you should be. But you know where you're at right now. God is calling to you this morning. If you reach out to him, he's already reaching to you. 
For more information about City Grace, you can find us online at citygrace.church. We'll see you next week.